we continue into the New Testament in our study of the prophesied final judgment upon the world of men who reject God's offer of salvation. In our study of the question, what do we know about limitations imposed upon the exercise of God's loving kindness and mercy from the Bible? We have seen that the Godhead have been bitterly disappointed over the rejection of the overtures of mercy that have been made available at such a great cost. Only a small minority appear to be willing to repent of sin and be reconciled to God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. God therefore has no other recourse but to visit men with various periods of judgments of different kinds and warns that there will be a great final period of righteous wrath manifested. Our blessed Lord poured forth his heart to his disciples on the Mount of Olives just before his crucifixion as recorded in the 24th chapter of Matthew, verses 15 to 25. We have read verse 24, where our blessed Lord said that there would be an end that would come. And then he proceeds to give us more details. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, here our Lord refers back to the authenticity of Daniel's prophecy. Stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, unto them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in winter neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. So our gracious, kind Lord Jesus has given us this portrayal of, and warning of the coming judgment. Here the great period of the manifestation of God's righteous wrath must be poured out upon this world as the only remedy for the manners of men in rejecting God's overtures of mercy. If men will not be reconciled to himself and enjoy a happy life with God in a state of righteousness, what can God do except to forcefully subdue the ways of sinful men? The Apostle Paul likewise taught concerning this great day of judgment in his missionary labors. For example, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 10, we read these words. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, 
as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all powers and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. This last verse gives the reason for all these prophesied judgments of God. If men had received the love of the truth and had submitted to God's kind overtures of mercy through our Lord Jesus Christ and his atoning death, these terrible times of judgment would not need to be prophesied. But now we see that the manner of sin shall wax worse and worse, and that seducers shall be prevalent and shall deceive many, and that God shall be obliged to send his judgment upon this world to terminate the rebellious ways of men. The apostle John was banished on the lonely isle of Patmos there uh, toward the close of his life. And God was pleased to visit him with a great period of blessing. And so we have in the book of Revelation the account of the future judgments upon unrepentant men. For example, in the first chapter, verses 1 to 3, we read, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And then in verse 17, and when I saw him, God had given John a great tremendous vision, and this awed him by the mighty glory of God. He said, I fell at his feet at one dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Isn't this wonderful that the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world in all humility, became our Savior, died for the sins of the whole world, was raised again by the power of God, and has now ascended into heaven. And thus he revealed to John that he is alive forevermore, and have the keys of hell and of death. So no authority can challenge that of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is John's instructions. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Here we have the threefold division 
of the book of Revelation. First of all, the things which thou hast seen related to this wonderful vision that John was given. The things which are related to the second and third chapters concerning with John wrote to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And then the last segment, the things which shall be hereafter, we believe begins with chapter 4. And thus we have in chapters 4 to 19 a detailed description of the awful visitations of judgment that shall be experienced on earth during the great period of God's righteous judgment. They are the things which must be hereafter. In chapter 4, verse 1, we read, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, and said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And so, as the saints of God viewed the righteous judgment of God, they are prophesied as declaring how righteous and true are God's ways. We see this in the 16th chapter, verse 7, and in the 19th chapter, verses 1 and 2, the latter which reads as follows, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. So how happy is it to be in submission to God, to have been reconciled to God, through the death of his Son, and to have the glorious blessings of the Holy Spirit within our hearts. There is nothing but a glorious destiny for those who are reconciled to God by the gracious mercy of God's kindness. But here they declare, for true and righteous are his judgments. So now in this glorious age of grace, when all men may repent of sin and through faith in Christ, be blessed with free pardon and the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. And now is the time that men must look unto God and be saved. But when the end time comes and the wrath of God is poured out upon those refusing such reconciliation to God, it does not appear that men are turned to God by these judgments. This is the dark age for the world and does not appear to be a time when the Holy Spirit is appealing to men to be reconciled to God. It is not that men could not repent and be saved, but it is this. Apart from the tender appeals of God, men will not break down their hearts in submission to God. They will not confess their sins. They will not be persuaded to forsake their sins. For we read in Romans 2, 4, that it is the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. Now is the day of God's goodness and kindness. In that dreadful day will be the day of God's visitation of righteous wrath. And so God's goodness shall be shielded from the world in that day. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 1 to 7, we read concerning the Apostle Paul's presentation of the glorious gospel. There he says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, 
how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. So here is revealed a dispensation of the grace of God. And this is the era in which we are living. God now appeals to men with all tenderness, with his arms full of blessings to bestow upon men's hearts. If they will but repent and turn from sin, God is limited, as we have seen, by man's attitude. But the dreadful day shall come when the glorious gospel of the dispensation of the grace of God shall come to an end. And during this period of judgment, it does not appear that men will repent and turn to God for salvation. Therefore now is the accepted time. May we pray, our Heavenly Father, how we pray that many may respond this day to thy tender pleadings of mercy, may repent and through faith in Christ be reconciled to thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.